Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hola amigos, this is Ray Hudson from B in Sports and Sirius XMFC, and you are listening to Barça Talk. Today on Barça Talk, FC Barcelona suffered a 1-0 loss to Atletico Madrid at the Wanda Metropolitano on Saturday night. Not only does Barça find themselves nine points behind Atletico, they suffered major injuries to their back line. How will Koeman patch the back line with so many injuries? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Barca Talk, part of the Blaugrana Grand Podcast Network. I am Gabriel Quiroga in Madrid, and joining me from the UK is Craig McGuff. Craig, how are we doing, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> when when will it be when you ask me that and I say fine? When will that be? I don't know. <laughs> I'm another, still waiting. <laughs> another another very very strange weekend. In uh, the world of Kules. Well, I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about the Atleti match in a bit. But first, I mean, obviously, you know, the main points that's coming out of this morning, especially out of Spain here, is the Gerard Piquet injury mm. and the Sergio Roberto injury. And basically, you know, we're, we're kind of the Titanic right now with the injuries <laughs> and the lack of depth that we have. I mean, first, let's, let's talk about the Piquet injury. You know, Piquet... You know, as we as we said in the show notes here, you know, he's going to be out probably four to six mm-hmm. months um, with, you know, at the time when I was watching the match last night, I definitely thought it was a ruptured ACL. Mm-hmm. So what were your kind of thoughts just watching the game with the injury issue of PK, first of all? Yeah, look, it, it looked. What are we going to do? I mean, that's the other thing, you know? Yeah, of course. It, it looked horrible, didn't it? It was, um, you know, I, I don't think it was a particularly bad challenge. Um, these things happen. I think for a, for a man of his age, he's done surprisingly well from from injury for us. But it, it, we shouldn't be in the position where we're saying this. But really, with PK goes the only defender that's actually done anything decent this season. I think. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's really a good point. I mean, that's the other thing is you know we've been kind of talking about you know PK has been pretty much injury free his whole career, and again, obviously this is a lot of bad luck. Like you said, it wasn't a harmful challenge by any means it was just a collision but the way you know Korea felt on him but you know more importantly you know this goes back to you know we don't have the depth plus our center backs are all hurt yeah so you know we were lucky enough today earlier we were you know in our patreon whatsapp group we have an orthopedic surgeon in the group and he gave us some really great insight into the injuries of both pk 
and Roberto. So I wanted to kind of read that and kind of mm. get your sense of these injuries. So Keegan, he's one of our patrons. He wrote to the group that we have for What's Up, and he basically gave it all to us. He said, PK has a grade three MCL injury, is a full ruptured, and healing depends on which end ruptured and some other factors. Most of these are treated without surgery, even in NFL players, for instance. ACLs are a bigger deal in pivoting athletes. Some are higher grade than the MRI suggests and always result in a certain degree of reduction in knee function, especially in a higher grade injury and even with reconstruction. So that's for PK. And then for the Sergio Roberto, you know, I was making fun of it last night, Craig. I think it was the first time that Sergio Roberto shot a ball since PSG. So I don't think his quad <laughs> muscles were were prepared for that shot. So yeah. uh, Keegan wrote about Roberto saying soft tissue injuries required a long time to scar and can recur, which is why sometimes it's said it's better to have a fracture than a muscle tear mm-hmm. and a couple months minimum for him to return. So thanks Keegan for the insight. He, he kind of messaged me and said, do you think I can uh, say this to the group? I said, yes, by all means do it, you know, because it'll give everyone kind of a better sense of these injuries and also the timetable. So, you know, let's, let's talk a little bit more about PK's injury, right? Because mm-hmm. I think that is the most important, you know, because not only, you know, uh, with the contract extension that he just signed, you know, all these questions that are coming up, uh, you know, out of it is kind of, is PK the last time he played with Messi? Is this, la- you know, are we ever going to see the actual real PK anymore after this mm. injury? And more importantly, who's going to cover for him going forward? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's so much to unpick with this and I'm just going to very quickly caveat. I just said he's the only defender that's done anything this season. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that's true. Actually. I think Sergio Roberto has been great. Uh, who's also got injured, as we as we've just said. So um, yeah. I, just, I just want to make sure I've cleared that. Sergio Roberto has been great for us this season, but yeah. So there's, there's a lot to unpick with it, and I think it, where do you want to start? I mean, in firstly, in terms of Keegan's advice, um, I, I saw that come in, in the chat, and I thought it was amazing. Maybe Keegan <laughs> can get maybe Keegan can get actually on the Gerard PK case because it would appear that the club are touting out for business for for doctors even though we've got a medical team i've seen a report today that said they're going to try and get some external medical advice why if we pay for doctors we should look to our our bench and our reserves to get some center backs no we can't because we don't have any okay well someone else should step up that we've been waiting to step on and we can't because we've loaned them out it's just one failing after another after another in terms of the organization and it's just getting a little bit tedious you know, I've kind of, I've gone beyond anger. I've gone beyond, this is funny. I'm now just at the point of just exasperation, really. And, you know, Gerard Piquet has been an absolute giant of a player for Barcelona. And I'm looking at his, his stats here. So, you know, the, in the last, what's that? God, my maths is terrible. In the last 12, 11, 12 years, um, the lowest amount of league appearances he's had for us is 22. So, I mean, that shows the consistency we've had from him. But surely, surely, as we've said a few times, we're not still putting everything on the line with a 33-year-old central defender. But that's where we are. So I think, you know, PK is is a massive loss, but he's just yet another example of a failure of the club. Is it the last time he plays with Messi? I don't think so, but not for reasons that either of them should be particularly happy about. Um, Because I don't see either of them going anywhere, personally, but not because of... Almost not because of good reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing, right? So we have a Rahu. He's still injured. Umtiti's yep. still injured. Yep. And, you know, Craig, I'm really scared that Kuman is still not going to adjust to, because I feel like at right what we have to do is go to a three-back system. Because if he still continues to go to a four right now, 
I think it's to the detriment to Dijon going back there. And I think that's what he would do because I think he feels the most comfortable with that. So yeah. is there any way for Kuman to adjust the back line? Do you think he should go with a three-back system just temporarily just to patch those things up, especially since we have Junior Furpo available, Dest mm. available, you know, and maybe you can use another midfielder on the right side just to kind of just get through these next four weeks or five weeks. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the worry the worry for me would be Junior Firpo doesn't worry me, but he can only play in one position for me, which is left back. If, yeah. we, put him, if, if we put him a left back, what do we do with Alba? Because he can't play anywhere else either. That concerns me. I think we, in, in Dest, we're okay, but we've got no one to cover him. Uh, you, you, is Umtiti fit? Do we know? Not, not yet. I mean, he was practicing, but he's still not. I mean, and that's the thing is, you know, we've seen him in the last two years. You know, he isn't practicing and something happens, right? So, 100%. again, we, we can't depend on him like we used to before when he first came to the club. And so, yep. you know, and we don't really have mobility from Barca B to do that right now, you know? So no, agreed. Does he, does he give players, you know, I don't know. Does he, does he just ask other midfielders to take one for the team right now and try to fit him in there just because they have – possession ability you but know? we can't but but, but we, we we can't though can we because as we've said you drop frankie de Jong in then you're relying on busquets and that's i mean i'll rephrase that you can't well he can but he shouldn't um yeah. you drop frankie frankie de Jong in there you've, you've got busquets running your midfield and that's not working for us you put busquets there and that's not going to work he's got no pace uh, i think if on, on balance i'd sooner play busquets at center half than de Jong, i think so may, maybe maybe this is the time maybe this is the line in the sand the the kind of Alex Ferguson at Man United moment where maybe this is the time where it's a case of, okay, let's bring some kids up from the B team. Let's give them a chance. And I, I want to ask you this question. And, if, you know, I'm assuming everyone listening to this is a Barca fan. I, I'm going to make that assumption. So it's, you know, when I'm going to say the neutrals listening to this, it probably is none, right? But for anyone who isn't a Barca fan, this isn't hyperbole. When I say bring the kids up from the B team, what's the worst that can happen? Because right now, this season, we are terrible. So what's the worst yeah. going to happen? Give the kids a go. And, and I genuinely think that's where my mind is, is that we can either shoehorn experienced players who aren't playing well in their first position into another position, or we can just play kids who are natural centre-halves because when will they get another chance to play with this little pressure on their shoulders? Because we won't blame them. Yeah, de- yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And the other thing too is, you know, is this the time where you just empty the whole bench, you know? For example, are we finally going to see Puig? Are we going to see actually Mateos Fernandez come out, you know, and patchwork something? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, let's, let's, let's not go crazy on Fernandez, yeah? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, Craig, we don't have anything. We cannot afford any more injuries, and the chances of that happening are very slim. I mean, just especially with the way the schedule is recently with the breaks and all these different things. I mean, I'm just looking at the roster and it's just like X injured, X injured, X Mm -hmm. injured, you know, and I just I'm just trying to be open minded about this because I know especially with Busquets still being hurt. Right. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. the other thing, you know, so I think maybe there's going to be opportunities for Lenny and Puj now because he has to use them because you you think so. You definitely you definitely think so. I mean, you know, if we kind of put the the anger and the exasperation and the just the shaking of the head to one side. Realistically, what do you do? Yeah. You stick Desta right back, you put Alba at left back, you put Longley and probably Frankie de Jong, as much as I don't want to, but you probably do. You yeah. put that you, you put that as your back four. You put Alenia next to Pjanic. Sorry to any Ricky Puja fans out there, but as long as we're playing the system, we can't play him. I've said this all along, I'm consistent. Um, so you put Alenia in next to Pjanic. On paper, 
on paper, that's still not a bad side. The problem we've got is that on paper we've had a great side all season. We've done absolutely nothing. <laughs> but you know, it's not it's not the, it's not the end of the world. And this is this is the this is where this is what concerns me is that I feel like we spent four or five years of the board saying, "Well, it's not the end of the world," and we just get worse. I don't think this will be the catalyst for us to go and put a serious bid in for Garcia. Put yeah. a serious bid in for whoever we're targeting. I don't think that'll happen. I also don't think, even though I've said it, that they'll bring people up from the B team. I don't think it'll happen. I think they will just say, oh, well, we've got some good names in there. And I, th- I think the, the whole circus will carry on. I, I, You know the kind of in adversity you see your, your largest triumphs? I, I don't see it. I think in adversity we'll see more adversity. And I, I'm, I'm sorry to be negative, but I, I just think we, on, we play Wednesday. Is it Wednesday yeah. or Tuesday? Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. I, Wednesday, we'll see a midfielder in a centre-half and then we will until someone is fit. I'm a bit lost. I'm a bit lost with the strategic planning because it looks like there is none. And this is just exposing what we as fans have been saying forever, which is what is the point of us going and signing more forwards when we don't yeah, have a, exactly. when we don't have defence? Exactly. Actually, the game is on Tuesday. But again, the, 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 like, you know, you don't want to be too negative. But at the same time, Craig, I just think that this is the opportune time that we empty the bench. We use the the youth and we carry the youth like we always said. It's going to give Kuman some more flexibility. Yeah. It's going to give him some more leeway. But the other thing, too, is, you know, you know, it'd be one thing if, you know, PK and Sergio Roberto were just going to be out one to two weeks, you know, but mm-hmm. they're gone essentially. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I understand, you know, what you said with the double pivot and so forth. You know, I, you know, this is the time that you're going to have to be as creative as possible just to patch wins because Craig, as we said before, as I said before in the preview, I thought fourth place is going to be difficult. And now yeah. that's going, that's, that's going to be our only goal right now for the season, mm-hmm. pretty much, right? Just to, develop some youth and get fourth place because as of right now la liga is out of the question and champions is out of the question 100 percent. so this, this weekend i've watched well i watched granada via delayed but less said about that the better but i watched <laughs> i watched madrid Villarreal, i watched sociedad today and i watched our game and we looked the worst of them squads minus yeah. the granada game sociedad look sociedad are playing the football that we wish we played Villarreal are trying but they don't quite you know, they, they play great, but they're really, sure. really, really flaky. They're so fragile, aren't they? Yeah. They play good football. Madrid, we've got our problems. So have Madrid. And yet we are, we are making them look professional, resilient, <laughs> well-organized. And they're a mess. Their fans are in disarray as well. But yeah. I, I looked at Sociedad and I just thought that, that, that that's what we want to be. I enjoyed their game today. They played, great, they played great football. They were giving people a chance. You've got some players there who... You've got some older legs in there like David Silva. You've got some younger legs in there. You've got players like Mikel Marino. So he obviously I'm from the northeast of England. Mikel Marino was at Newcastle and people slated him. He's gone there and he's doing a, he's, he's doing a great job. And I just looked at it and thought, why are these teams able to get it right? And if you, I'm, I'm aware it's a big if, if you remove the Lucho treble, which was an outlier really, yeah, the, the, yeah. the, product, the product of a great manager, with something to prove and a bee in his bonnet, finding players at the right time, et cetera, et cetera. You know, fully deserved, but that's an outlier. We're talking about years and years and years now of us scraping by, scraping trophies. Why are the clubs like Sociedad able to do it and we're not? And I, it, it's very yeah. easy to throw it to the board and it's probably the right answer. Right? I'm not saying that. It's very easy to sort of battle, battle, battle. I don't hear anything from any of the presidential candidates that I think will change it. We've got no money. We've got almost an entire squad that needs overhauled. Yeah. Where, where and how does it get better? And, and back to your point, 
I've got no idea how it gets better this season. I, I thought I thought we would struggle to win anything, but I thought we'd be okay. I thought, yeah, you know, yeah. I didn't think we'd slip below third. And I'm with you now. I think fourth looks like it's going to be a challenge. Yeah, yeah. Terrifying. That's, that's the thing. I know. And that's the thing, especially, you know, when you look at the teams around us and above us, no one's scared of us anymore. No. And, you know, before that gave us, you know, a goal here and a goal there advantage, right? Just playing those games mm-hmm. because of the talent that Barcelona have. And that is com- completely out the door. You know, now these teams come and they're just like, okay, we're ready to play them. We're not scared. They're old. They're not slow. They're not fast. And so we mm-hmm. can definitely roll over them. And again, it's going to be a fight. And that's why I would rather have that go with the youngsters. You know, let's, as I always keep saying, because, you know, we have to get rid of this idea of, the beautiful football that we're used to watching, that's just not happening right now, you know? And of course I would love to win trophies and have champion success. But right now we're in a, you know, this is transition period at its most. I mean, there cannot be anything more clear, you know, and Mm -hmm. we have to use this opportunity, especially because of the economic situation we are, you know, normally if we had a a president still, you know, in the, in the window Mm -hmm. uh, or the transfer window winter, maybe we can say we can try to get two players, but with the elections, with our economic crisis, Mm -hmm. we cannot bring anyone in to help us or to help this team. So this is the team we have, and there's going to be barely any changes on this team. Oh, agreed. And this is why I'm really intrigued is to see, uh, and it, 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 this might not be a popular comment with, with, with a lot of people. I don't think you can you, you can't blame Kuman for any of it, and you can't blame him for what comes next because he's inherited a dustbin fire of a squad and a situation mm-hmm. from a board who had lost it clearly, a star player who is unhappy and who everything still has to revolve around. I also don't blame think you can blame Kuman for whatever he does next because irrespective of what formation he picks, he's going to be playing with people out of position who probably don't want to play there. Irrespective of what he does defensively, he's still going to have the problems we've got up front. And irrespective of what he does up front, he's still going to have a weak defense. So I think the only person blameless in all of this is the person who's going to carry the can for all the responsibility, which is Ronald Koeman. And the fans are going to say the double pivot's wrong. Maybe it is, fair enough. But you know what? It's worked at times. People are going to say you should play Ricky Pooge. Okay, why and where like and i'm not saying these are wrong by the way i'm just saying the things that we could level at ronald kuman are quite minor things pooch should play over de Jong. maybe maybe not i don't know should play a double pivot should play should play a, a, a classic 4-3-3 okay yeah whereas the wider problems that we have are an absolute mess so i don't know what he does next i don't know what we do next we can't sell so presumably we can't buy yeah. What the, the the youth that I'm seeing, I, I must admit, I'll throw my hands up for probably the last three or four seasons. I've not watched huge amounts of Barca B. Very, very, very difficult here in the UK to get coverage. And I'm not going to sit on YouTube and wait for streams to buffer. It's really, I, sure. think, I think it's really awkward to watch. I think as, as this is a very, very, very tan, tangential point, but the club should really make it easier to watch Barca B, right? But I don't, but I don't see anyone breaking through at centre-half that we can promote. Sorry, that we should promote. I'll, I'll rephrase it. Sure, if, we weren't sure. in, if we weren't in this crisis, there's no one knocking on the door from Barca B defensively that I can see. So I, I, I genuinely, for one of the few times in my life as a football fan, I genuinely don't know what the answer is. I, I don't know where you start. I mean, just as we talked about the summertime with the transition and all this year, it's just been a crazy year. Um, you know, I just, you know, everyone I've been communicating with on social media, 
through this. It's just, you know, going crazy right now. You know, it's just because we know we have spotted talent. You know, we still have Messi and Griezmann and it's just not working. Mm -hmm. And we cannot, everyone has their theories, right? We have our theories, we have our formations, everything. But the problem is nothing seems to be working. And, you know, we're going to dive now into the Atletico match. But before we do that, Craig, I just want to tell our listeners about the Patreon community that we have. Our Patreon community continues and we are loving the community we're building. We're publishing Barca content exclusively for our Patreon members for as little as $8 a month. You get commercial free feed of the podcast, access to our WhatsApp group. Like for example, today was awesome. Like today was awesome because obviously we had Keegan giving his insight with the injuries, but also everyone was just really active today. Obviously our Friday show and then also our Barca Talk Cafe video show with uh, Mariana and myself that we do from Spain. So click the show notes below for the link and become a patron today. After the break, we review the mess that was at the Wanda, the 1-0 loss for Barca. All right, Craig, this was match day 10, mm. La Liga at the at the beautiful – I was at the Wanda earlier this week. I had to do my visa paperwork, Craig, and it's always a stressful time when I have to <laughs> do my visa paperwork. So I, I, I sent a picture to our, pay, or to our WhatsApp group, you know, for that I was at the Wanda this week. And, you know, I already knew going into this match it was going to be difficult – um, especially the way Atletico is playing, you know, definitely a lot more loose. You know, they have definitely playing with more confidence. Um, first, I want to go through the lineup. You know, we had the typical lineup with the 4-2-3-1, Ter Stegen, Alba, Langley, Pique, Sergio Roberto on the back, Dijon, Pjanic, and then Pedri, Messi, Dembele, Griezmann. You know, for me, it's standard. I'm okay with this lineup. Um, any surprises or any changes you would have done going into this match? Personally, yes. Personally, I... I'm very, very, very rapidly fallen out of love with Dembele. So I probably personally wouldn't have played him, but I think on paper, it's the right team. Like I'm, I'm aware that I'm probably just getting a bit of a bee in my bonnet about Dembele. <laughs> that, you know, it's, it's probably the lineup we all expected. No surprises. Yeah, Pleasing to see De Jong and Pjanic in there, you know, which obviously we, we expected with, with Busquets. But yeah, I mean, on paper, and I keep saying this, on paper, that's a solid team. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's the thing, right? And let me just go over some of the key stats. You know, Barcelona did win the possession battle, but not by much, 54 to 45. And then the shots on goal, like Barca had 13 shots total with four on t- on target and Atleti had nine and two. I mean, that's a perfect Atleti stat, right? I mean, that's that's exactly what you would see. The first thing I want to talk about is this is Simeone's first victory over Barca in La Liga, which is pretty crazy because I feel like there was one or two times that he's beaten us, but again, maybe that was in Champions or Copa, I can't remember, but in La Liga. So that's impressive for Simeone to finally, I think this proves to Atleti fans, especially I was watching the match last night with two Atleti fans that are my friends, mm. and they were they were just talking about how this is kind of the first year that Simeone is finally letting the players play. Yeah, it, it... It's very hard to to judge him against it as Barca fans, in my opinion, because we also get very ideological about the way we want to play as well. We just see the world in very different, very very different way to Simeone. So they're they're a great. This is this is another thing that frustrated me about the game is that Atleti are a great team when their back is against the wall. Simeone's mm-hmm. built a great culture in that club of them against us, very Mourinho esque, very much. If you're not with us, you're against us, and that includes players who are employed. By Atleti, if they're if they're not all in, then they may as well be all out. And so, you know, in in cup ties, when it's got difficult, they've always come out and they've you know they've ground out results. And yesterday, they didn't even have to break sweat. 
You know, yeah. if, if, if we'd have got beat by a classic Simeone side where they just run us into the ground, okay. But it looked like a training game for Atleti at times yesterday. And it, I bet Simeone was baffled. He was, and he's probably just super surprised and happy. Because again, I think, you know, Craig, just like I said before, the clout of this Barca team is completely non-existent. I mean, yeah. you can just see the street fight now that comes. We have no one that wants to fight back, you know? Mm-hmm. How, like, for example, when I saw Jimenez getting the ref and, like, doing the fight, you know, you see that kind of fire. And I'm not saying that's the best way to do it, but I'm just saying they're always trying to get a reaction mm-hmm. out of the team. Now, I have here on the dock, Craig, about the international friendly. Do you think that, you know, especially with Messi, for example, do you think that aided in some of maybe – you know, an underperformance for some of these players, especially like Messi with this international break. I mean, he played three games during the international break. It's not mm. like he just played one, you know? Um, I, I don't think so. I mean, my, my, I've been well documented on the pods that I think international football during the coronavirus pandemic is an absolute disgrace. Sending people around the world to play football is is a joke. But there we go. It is what it is. Does it make them tired? Yes, we've had that conversation as well. Is it right that Messi goes and plays these friendlies and then goes back and plays 90 minutes? Not really at his age, but the same could be said for anyone that's kind of at that that age. Um, So do I think it makes players worse? Yes, but we weren't playing a team that didn't send anyone away. We were playing a team, we were playing a team of internationals. So I think, could it, could it have made the game slower? Probably. But is it a Barcelona only issue? Absolutely not. No, it doesn't wash for me, unfortunately. If the okay. players, if the players are struggling that badly from going and playing with their national teams, then, uh, then like PK has, um, like Jamie Vardy did here in England, then you've got to make a decision. Ultimately, your club is paying your wages, and if your country is making you suffer, then you need to take you need to take a decision. So, no, it doesn't. It, I, I don't buy it personally. Okay. I, I was just curious because I'm, you know, again, I, I'm, you know, I, again, I just, you know, the more I just, you know, especially just watching Messi, you know, um, I don't know if it's just now it's just almost kind of to the point of almost that he's looking disinterested mm-hmm. and, and it's really not, I don't want to say frustrating. It's not frustrating. That's not the word I'm looking for. But like, for example, you know, the runs he does, you know, especially on the one V one where he was against Oblak. You know, I was like screaming, shoot with the right foot, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and I just feel, you know, he's completely out of his groove, right? He has no chemistry with anybody right now. And again, how does Kuman get him plugged back in? Because if he's plugged in, then that obviously helps the rest of the team. But it's clear. I don't. I just don't know if it's disinterest or just complete, mis- you know, no chemistry with the attacking third. Yeah, I mean, the the. the- I was thinking about this when I was watching the game and it looked to me there was there was flashes and glimmers. And obviously I don't know I don't know inside the mind of Messi. Um and I'll never know the answer to whether I'm right or not on this point, but it almost looks like he's a man who playing football is still the only thing he wants to do. He just doesn't want to do it for Barcelona. So, you yeah. know, when when he when he goes on a run and he loses himself and then he almost like he checks himself when he sees who's around him and just thinks, Oh fuck you know, he he here we go again, you know, without him willfully doing so I think he's very quickly becoming a large part of the problem and I think yesterday showed that there was yeah. there was some decisions he he made that he wouldn't have made in the past and what I found really eerie about the performance Messi included but in general was how how much Atleti just allowed us to have the ball you know if you think about our classic games against Atleti I mean up to and including when they won the league 
it was they were they would harry us for 90 minutes and we would play the ball around them and it was a real tussle the amount of times that they just let us have the ball and we lost it Te- oh, just terrifying and i think even messi even messi he got more respect sorry less respect yesterday from those atleti players than in any other game i've seen combined against them they were just like have the ball because who are you going to pass to i mean there was there was one chance where he went through and he took a really 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 weak shot at the near post and Oblak saved it and there was no one near him yeah and he looked up and he kind of put his head in his hands as if to say, why is no one here? So it's, it, it doesn't matter because you've just dribbled it into the keeper's arms. But even even then, the Atleti players were in the past that would, someone would have made a challenge. We might have got a penalty or whatever. We might have got a corner and they just let him shoot. I think it was deliberate. I think I think one of Atleti's best forms of attack yesterday was to let us have the ball. Again, I you know, it's it's crazy because... You know, when I see him now running and doing the play, I don't have the confidence like I used to as he did before. And that's crazy because that's only like a couple months ago where he was on this roll of scoring goals. But like, for example, when he was lining up for the free kick, I mean, how are you feeling confident wise that he was actually going to hit a clear good one? You know, I kind of was not feeling it. And I kind of was like, in my mind, I was watching him line it up and I said, maybe but i would probably put it two percent and it got deflected mm-hmm. you know like these are the kind of things that we're just not used to seeing because we've yeah. seen so much greatness from him now the next the next thing i want to kind of talk about and hit about it is the formation now we kind of talked mm-hmm. about it with the injuries going forward but obviously kuman is going with the four two three one but is there anything that we can do to change the formation and i have here on the document you know do we try to go to a four four two and just maybe put Griezmann and Messi as forwards and maybe don't have Messi go get the ball as a midfield because I think he's hurting the team that way, or you just stick it out with the four two three one and just and just try to just get as much as you can out of that formation. Personally, if you go four four two, you've got to drop Messi, and I can't believe I'm saying these words. I can't I'm, believe it either. Wow, I'm, I was, I'm, 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 <laughs> no, what, 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 like, what? I'm not against it. That's what I can't yeah, believe. Yeah. What I can't right now. Yeah, give it a go. I think if you because Messi, Messi can't play in a two, I don't believe not not a traditional out and out two. All right, so give so give me so give me your lineup then if you would, if you would bench. Me. Wow, I can't. Wow, I did not even. Craig, you just completely shocked me right now. Like, he, he can't, like he can't it, do though. it. I like it though. Okay, he, he, so I want to hear. I want to hear who would you put plug in and as the uh, the midfield and the, the attacking two forwards. If it was this week because he's injured, yeah. isn't he? If if if, it was, if he wasn't injured and that we Griezmann and Fatih, I think that would work quite well. Well, we don't have another Griezmann strike. Braithwaite? It's, it's, it's a logical one, but I still wouldn't do it. Genuinely, I think if we're going to do that, I would put Coutinho up there alongside Griezmann. Oof, okay. All right. And then who would I be the... I, 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 don't think, I, don't, I don't think it would work, though. And then behind them, I would do Dembele, but I don't want him in the team either. Um, <laughs> I would put... In fact, let me just go look at this. I love, I love watching your reaction on this because, first of all, <laughs> The fact that we can't put Messi and two 100 million euro transfer players in that 442 just mm-hmm. speaks volume about this right the situation that we're talking about right now. Now I'm I, I'm open to the idea of benching Messi for this 442, especially like let's say this week against Dianimo, right? Like I can say, you know, I would say traditionally you would probably go Braithwaite and Griezmann and then line up before, right? The lineup yeah. before. And I would say Let's roll the dice and see if that even works because Griezmann has proven to be better in this 4-4-2 underneath that that striker. And maybe we just get more, I don't know, just more opportunities and clear direct attacking because that's the other thing we're lacking, Craig. It's like we do the same thing over and over and it yields nothing. 
you know, the Alba terrible crosses, <laughs> the swinging back everywhere, right? There's just no dynamism going on. And that's the other thing that you're lacking. I mean, you watch the matches today, Craig, like yep. you see the players taking chances to shoot the ball and take chances. Like I was watching the Villarreal game last night and it's the same thing. They're crossing, doing things. And I know that's not the optimal way, but we're not scoring goals and we're not winning. So you have to change something. No, I agree. And, you know, again, watching the games this weekend is just seeing players make runs. You think, oh yeah, yeah, we, we, we used to do that. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I think, I think you're right. I think you, you would on paper, you would put, you would put Brathwaite in there, but he's not done it at any point. Like I respect the man's work ethic and I'm delighted he's got where he's got because he's a great guy, but he's not a very good footballer. You know, I would, I would argue Conrad in that position makes me more excited and he is not ready. Sorry to my American yeah, friend, yeah, yeah, but yeah. he is not ready. But he makes as much sense as Brathwaite. I think we should be able to plug and play Dembele, but every time he gets the ball, I think he's either going to lose it or hurt himself. We've had that chat before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pedri out wide, Trincao on the other wing, maybe. Um, I, I honestly think the only place we look solid right now is in central defence and in goal. I have, uh, sorry, centre midfield. That was a very Freudian slip. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I have absolute faith in, in a trio of... Alenia, De Jong and Pjanic, I do. I have absolute faith Ricky Puj will be a star at Barcelona, just not in this position, not in this system. And I have every faith, despite the fact he's had an absolute nightmare in, in Testegen. Um, everywhere, <laughs> everywhere else, and actually, even he's injured, I actually have complete faith in Roberto giving me seven and a half out of ten every game at right back. Everywhere yeah. else, everywhere else, it feels like we're just tossing a coin and saying, let's hope something happens. Do, yeah. do any you know we shouldn't be having expectations on Pedri, but he's do, he's doing well. But do, do any of us have any faith in Griezmann, Coutinho, Messi, Dembele to an extent? Fatty, but I'd put him in the same position as Pedri. Too young, shouldn't yeah. have expectations. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Pjanic to an extent, even though I'm, I think he'll, he'll he'll come good. He's still quite new. De Jong question marks, but I think he's actually getting a hell of a lot better. Alba a mess. PK's done well. Longley. Yes, solid, steady. It's just rolling dices and dices. Is that even the right plural? Rolling dice, die, die. die. There we go. Um, Rolling, rolling die, and and, you know we we go four four two. We can't make it work in the current predicament. We go four three three. We can't make it work because it's not working. We go four two three one. It's not working. We, I'm I'm out of ideas. I I, I don't know what I would do. So my 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 question to you now is, you know, how quickly does Cummins' hair go gray? You know, that's the <laughs> after all I, this I, stress. I, <laughs> I gen, genuinely, genuinely, you've got to think, what on earth is he thinking about the, the position he's in? Yeah, yeah. he, there, there was lots of talk of, well, he'll take it so he takes the box because he knows that he knows that he'll be gone when the new president comes in. Sure. Okay, maybe that was a case, but I don't think it is. If you're Chavi, why would you come now? No matter yeah. what happens, no matter what happens in the election, why would you come? If you're right, Pep's not coming back. That's clear. Pochettino won't come. Klopp won't come. I mean, the, the idea that Barca fans are saying Klopp will come. I mean, Jesus, no, no, you, no, won't. no, no, no you won't. Who, who, who isn't out of work would come to this Barcelona right now. So Cumin's here for a, at least another six months, maybe another year and six months until whatever happens happens. You've got to, you've got to feel for him. I, I, I've genuinely got a lot of sympathy for him because he's got no money. He's got no money to fix the problems that we've got, which is all personal yeah. related. He's got no money to do it. The B team aren't ready. It's not like when Pep took over and yeah, we had some issues. So I know what I'll do. I'll promote Pedro and I'll promote Busquets. 
Yeah. We don't we don't have that. Bojan was kicking around as well. He's got a B team that aren't ready. He's got a first team that are done. He's got no money. And yes, we can bring a few people back from loan, but are they going to fix the issue? Not really. Is no. Emerson is Emerson I think Emerson could do a job. Do we need his position? Not massively. Outside of his injuries. Tadebo, yeah, he'd be a big help. But oh. even still even still, it's not we're not we're not Tadebo away from winning the league. No, so, no, no, no. Of course not. Of course not. Of course not. And I mean I'm sorry to anyone who's listening that just thinks I'm whinging here, but <laughs> I, I'm honestly baffled. Yeah, I know, but th- this is the thing. We're trying to analyze the situation, right? I mean, that's the thing. You know, it's it's and it right now it's just it is unfortunately a negative situation right now that's happening around Barca and that's just what it is. And we're just trying to come up with ideas and think outside the box, right, of these situations because, you know, it's one thing if it was the players just playing bad, right? But it's the injuries, the lack of depth, the lack of formation. The la- it's, it's so many things just going in, all these things, and they cannot be fixed with just one fix. Like you said, we're not one toady bow away from winning the league. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's clearly there. Let's let's talk about the goal that happened last night. There was only one goal, obviously. And the first thing, obviously, is the PK error. You know, obviously, mm. PK, one of his, the things that he's known for is his touch, right? As a center back, he's had one of the best touches. He makes a mistake on that. But first of all, as I look at that replay and I was watching, you know, when I was watching live, I was like, what is PK doing so high in that moment? OK, I know he's taking a chance. I get that. But then on top of that, Craig, what is Terst- I think Terstegen was getting ready to walk to halftime. I mean, I don't I don't know if he just was caught off guard, but also that Yannick Carrasco first touch was disgusting. I mean, <laughs> that, that was like you practice. You know, I mean, you try that play 10 out of 10. I think he's making that one or two times, you know, because mm-hmm. of the way the keeper's legs are. And you have to give credit to Carrasco. I mean, Carrasco is a great player. I'm, it's funny to me. He went to China for two seasons. I still can't believe. I mean, I understand he did that for the money. But <laughs> I, I when I w- remember watching the, the Champions League final when he scored that goal against Madrid, I was like, wow, this player is something special. Mm-hmm. And on the night last night, he was definitely one of the best players on the pitch. Yeah, I, he's a very good player. They've got they've got some really good players in that Atleti team, and it just shows that you don't need like you don't need marquee signings. And, and without going back over all ground before we talk about the goal again, that's why we're in the mess that we're in. Is that we've tried to marquee sign our, our way out of a problem that wasn't solvable by a marquee signing. Whereas yeah. at, whereas Atleti, look at Liverpool as well. You know, we, we gave Atleti a lot of money for Griezmann and they made some good signings on the back of it. We gave Liverpool a lot of money for Coutinho. They made some good signings on the back of it. So, you know, Atleti do what they do. Carrasco is a good example of that. So, yeah, the, the goal is one of the least disappointing things about last night. <laughs> because, it, 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 do you know what? Every, every season, you'll have three or four of these that go against you where your defenders and or your goalkeeper just has one of those moments and because of their position on the pitch, it leads to a goal. Um, you don't expect them to Carrasco to make it look so easy, granted, but it happens. Yeah. Yeah. The, the style yeah. of football that we play, look at Neuer, look at Testegen, look at um, yeah. Edison at City. Like They're going to get a few of these. The goal doesn't concern me. The absolute lack of reaction to it does. Uh, did, did, we, yeah. did, we look, did we look bothered going in at halftime? No, no not at all. Nope. Not at all. It's 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 almost to the fact is you know we wanted to get our orange slices and our water and just try to just forget the first half you know hundred percent and as we you know that's one of the things that I've always you know for me as a you know watching the team for the last two and three years we talked about the there's just the fight and this goes to my next point Craig mm-hmm. last night 
you know, after this loss, of course, no one wants to talk to the media. Who talks to the media? Pedri, right? And against the Classico, Sergio Dest talked to the media. And Sergio Dest doesn't even speak Spanish yet, right? And this is one of my points that just is infuriating me on top of this, is that Messi was supposed to talk last night, and he just didn't want to. Mm-hmm. And- because he was bothered by the loss. And it's like, no, obviously you are, but you are the captain of this team. And to put Pedri, like we talked about, 17-year-old, mm-hmm. this kid is just taking I mean, taking everything in stride. And I applaud that because if it weren't for him, like there's just no absolute, you know, for him and Fatih, this season would be completely disastrous, right? Mm-hmm. But Pedri speaking last night, taking those questions, you know, the reporter was asking him the tough questions about the attack, the lack of attack, the direction, yeah. what Kuman going to do. And Pedri just answered those questions like a veteran. And these captains have to step up. And it's still the same thing, Craig. Club de amigos, still. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. And I remember two weeks ago, we had a question on a Friday a Friday pod. Should Tesh Jagan be yeah. captain? And, and I said, well, it depends yeah. what your view of, of, of a captain is. Sure. And this, is, this, is, this goes back to my point is what is a captain? Now, for me, a captain is someone who organizes, who rallies, and who fronts it up. When it's good, they're front and center taking the praise. And when it's bad, they're the ones giving the answer. The best example that we've got in the world right now, in my opinion, Jordan Henderson at Liverpool. He is an absolute monster in his community. The stuff that that club does for its local community, after every triumph, he he leads it and he organizes it and he makes sure it's classy and it's not over the top and it's done well and it's done properly. He also makes sure that when the things go wrong, he's there and he leads it. We don't have that and it's it's, it's wrong. Yeah, to, to your point about Dest and Pedri answering these questions. I mean, you could you could say the media is a, a nuisance and it probably is. If you spend your entire life getting hassled by people asking you questions, I imagine it probably sure. does get boring, but you're paid to do it. It's part of your job. And if I was Pedri, I would have answered every single question with, I don't know, I'm 17. Should, <laughs> should, should you have played differently? I don't know, I'm 17. Well, how did that yeah. go? I don't know, I'm 17. And yeah. what, what would they have done then? Embarrass the club into it because it's an absolute disgrace. And it goes beyond... Messi. Messi is obviously the biggest culprit because he's captain of the club. And do you know what? When Messi wanted to be silent and he wasn't captain, fair enough. But you're captain of the club. You can't have your cake and eat it. But Correct. maybe different yesterday because PK was injured. But PK does surprisingly few post-game interviews. Yeah. Alba, Alba seems to do a fair amount, but he should. He's a veteran. Sergio Roberto every now and then. Yeah. Why are we giving kids this? And yeah, the desk one was bizarre. I mean, I was watching that live. Yeah. And he, and he had to say to the, the reporter, like, can you speak in English, please? Like, I mean, Jesus, there's got to be someone sorting this out. And I just think as fans, you want to see some fight and some words. And there's just nothing coming out other than Kuman. Kuman's trying to front it, but it just sounds so weak, knowing that he's got no yeah. control over it. Him, him yeah, saying, yeah. I'll decide. I'm the boss. I'll do what's right will you? All right. You can try. Whereas the players are the ones that can influence this. The players are the ones that could come out and show some heart and show some fight. And even if it's just words, give me words. Cause you're not giving me performance. At least give me words to get excited about. I, I mean, th- that's my thought. It makes me angry. Like what, what's your opinion? No, it gets me angry too, because, you know, especially, you know, I know it's really hard to be in the shadow of like, let's say Puyol for me was one of the greatest captains I've ever seen in a sport, right? Just he, like you said, he embodies everything that you would mm-hmm. want as a captain. 
And the fact that we, and especially like just seeing Mascherano retire this week also emphasized that point to me mm-hmm. that this is something we are lacking and it's just a strong backbone. And it's one of those things, you know, during this pandemic, I think has really hurt this team because if there's a crowd watching these matches at Barcelona, they're going to get that feedback immediately and they're going to see that they cannot just hide, right? And since there's no fans, I think this is added to this bubble persona of these players that they don't have to do anything. And just like you said, Messi, it really upsets me that he is not taking this by the horns and speaking to the media and putting it on his shoulders and his back because Ronaldo would, I think. Maybe he wouldn't. I don't know. You know, no, maybe I, I, he know. Would. I, I think he would. I, I think he yeah. would. I think I think his ego would get, <laughs> in the, would, would get in the way and he would have to explain why things weren't going right. Do I think he would do it in a manner that all his teammates would have, would agree? Probably not because he'd probably throw a throw in the bus. But he would at least come out and say, this is terrible. Like, we we need to be better than this because I want more. And, and that's fair enough. Let me ask you this really quick. Mm. I mean – you know, we talked about Pedri and Dest, you know, mm. what's going to happen, you know, they're learning from these captains and veterans what is accepted and not accepted. Yeah. And imagine if Puyo was still on the team, Puyo would probably be speaking to the media, taking everything, all the thing. And those players would see the way he is day in and day out, not only on the field, but also with the media and those obligations you have to do. And the fact that these young players are seeing that, you know, like you said, the four captains, they should just rotate through media yeah. relations, just, you know, all that and just be set in stone. There's no wiggle room and that's it. And they're seeing that these players, you know, have so much power to just pass the buck. And to me, that's mm-hmm. part of the problem that we're seeing globally on this team, among the other things that we've mentioned in this episode. <laughs> yeah, 100 percent. And, but you know, you're right. These kids are going to learn from from these veterans. But if you're looking at Messi as well, the only thing you ever hear about Messi and his temper is if it's something goes against him. Yeah. So if, if he feels slighted and that's that competitive edge has got him where he is. Well, it's helped get him where he is. But it's kind of if Messi is slighted, he gets upset and you'll know about it. So why why doesn't that happen when the team performs badly? And it doesn't have to be Roma, Bayern, Liverpool. Sure. Why isn't it Hetafe? Why not? Because you know what? Hetafe away, losing, is as important to me as Liverpool was. Getting beat in Liga is as important to me as getting beat in Champions League because it's a defeat and defeats matter. And if you're playing for this club, any club, if you're a professional sportsman, in fact... Scratch that. If you're an employee and you care about your job and you perform substandard, it should bother you. Should you cry? In, should you cry yourself to sleep? No. Should it, you know, detrimentally impact your mental health? No. But should you feel at least some amount of contrition? Yeah, you should. And it seems like there's a lot of people that play for us at this at this moment in time who don't care. Forget the sporting aspect. As an employee. It, yeah. should ma- it should matter at least a little bit. And I just looked at it and I just, this weekend was another example where I thought, where's your pride? Where's your bottle? Where's your morality? Where's your competitive spirit? Where's your hunger? And Jesus Christ, for some of you, where is your skill gone? Yeah. And it's just no, I, not good enough. No, I completely agree on all those facets. And that's, that's again, this is on top of all the things, you know, the physicalness we're seeing or lack of it, mm. the tactical part, the talent, the depth, all these things. And then 
on top of that, just seeing the attitude and the malaise yeah. of these players. And it's really hard be- to, you know, because we have all these memories of how great they were, you know, yeah. and that talent was able to supersede when times are tough because yeah. of all the success they had. Do, do you know what, do you and, know something, sorry, sorry to interrupt there, but do you know something I would no, love, do you know something I would really, really, really love to do is sit down with Dembele and say, right, tell me what you think your job is. When you go onto that pitch, tell me, tell me what your plan is. Cause I bet you he doesn't know. I would love to say, I would love to ask the same thing of Griezmann. Tell me what your role is in this team. Tell me what your job is. I bet he doesn't know. I would love to say to Jordi Alba now, tell me what your role is. And I bet he's forgotten. And it's this. If we look at the teams under Lucho and Pep and under Tito, and to an extent, even under Tata Martino, and even though it didn't work out in terms of trophies, I I always got the impression that there was a plan and that there was a plan. We tried to execute it and it worked or it didn't. It was that simple. It worked or it didn't. Sure. Now, I genuinely think at times there might be a plan Half of them don't know what it is. The other half are trying, but they're just trying to also cover up other people's failures. Rakitic. Rakitic was the biggest victim of this that I've ever seen. And this is where we are with it. So I'd love to, I would love to hear it. I would love to, did you watch the, um, it was called Match Day, wasn't it? I don't, I don't know if there was a Spanish version that you would have watched. Watch Match Day. I would love to see a real, a real behind the scenes version of that and see some real team talks, not edited, not, yeah. you know, just whitewashed out and just see, because I imagine if there is any form of tactical training going on with Dembele, it's clearly not going in and just see what they're thinking. Because I looked at Dembele at the weekend and I just, every time he got the ball, it was just like, you don't know what you don't know what you have to do here. You haven't got a yeah. clue what your role is. And that at the elite level of sport is just unforgivable. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, and it was, you know, I would say the opening 10 minutes, you know, just to kind of close this summary up. Mm. The first 10 minutes was a little bit, you know, and I would say, okay, and this is the, this is the, this is the problem is that we're, we have seen so much bad football lately that those 10 minutes is quote unquote good, you know, <laughs> and it's still not good, you know, and that's yeah. the problem is that we have seen such malaise, slow football in the last 30 games, 30 matches that mm. seeing spurts of it excites us. And it's still not good enough, obviously. But, you know, this is the thing. And, you know, I always look back at the best coaches now. Right. And this is the thing is finding those players, what they're great at and putting them to succeed. And the last four coaches we've had have not been able to do that with the players that we have. Like, for example, Coutinho. You know, Coutinho comes in, he is a talented player. There's no doubt about his talent. He is a talented professional footballer. Yeah. But Craig, he irks me to no end by not even doing a corner kick. Like I cannot wrap my mind around this. You know, like yeah. he had two corner kicks and they go straight to the goalie. It's like I don't I it's basics, isn't it? It's just basics. It's, Exactly. And I, those I, are the I things I completely that, agree with you. And it, that's, that, that's the thing that irks me to no end, because if you're a professional, you are working this fundamentally doing 60 corner kicks a day, if that, mm-hmm. to know where to place it. And the fact that he just comes in and just gives it to O'Black and it's just it just infuriates. And that's like one thing. But again, the coach has to find these players, just like you say, ask Dembele, what is the best thing he does? Speed corner okay how are we going to exploit those angles how are we going to exploit that area okay Coutinho Griezmann these things yeah and like you said 
it's just a mismatch. And I don't know if it's just language communication or personality clashes. I don't know, but it's not working. And it's clear that this is going to continue for the rest of the season. And again, and I, I, I know you don't mean it this way, so please don't tell It's excuses, isn't it? Is, you know, yeah. is it language? Well, no, it's not because you've got Bielsa, who's managing an entire team in a yeah. second language. <laughs> yeah, a, man, yeah. a man who's making no attempts to speak English is getting a yeah. team to drastically overperform in England. You know, and it's not, it's not that. It's, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But it, you know, everything just feels like it's an excuse. Messi's unhappy. I'm sorry, it's not good enough. The players are tired. It's not good enough. Yeah. The, the system's yeah. not quite right. It's not good enough. And, you know, and that's where I, everything is. It's not good enough. If it, and yeah. if it's a, if it's the case that a, f- a combination of all of them is 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 the reason, fair enough. But it's player led largely. You know, because yes, we can throw a lot of stick at the board, and they deserve every bit of it. Our planning is woeful. Our signings have been woeful. But apart from Fernandez, who was the last signing that we made? And I'm going to say, apart from Brathwaite as well, because that was a very, very, very specific set of circumstances. Sure, that sure. Brought. He was not coming if we weren't in the circumstances we were in. Apart from Fernandez, who was the last signing that we made where you went, "Wow, why"? These are these are elite players. We can question yeah. whether we needed them. We can question whether we needed Griezmann, but no one would have signed when we signed Griezmann would have said, "Oh, he's not good enough for Barcelona." This wasn't the case. So yeah, even, yeah. even if we're saying the board have signed the wrong players, fair enough, but them individuals should be doing better. Even if we're saying international football, too many minutes, the run of games, the big stretch toward the finish last season, right? Well, everyone else is. Well, not everyone else, but there were several teams that had the same scenarios. They're not having sure. the same problems. Bayern are top of their league, I believe. Liverpool are top of their mm-hmm. league, I believe. In isolation, we've got excuses. In totality, we just have an underperforming, terrible bunch of players. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just, I'm just kind of out of, I'm, I'm out of caring about their feelings. You know, I'm, I'm now in the mindset yeah. of if you don't like it, either say something publicly. If there was some kind of players' revolt. That's happened at Barcelona in the past. Go, you know, yeah. if anyone wants to go and look it up, it's a very bizarre scenario. When we're talking mid to late nineties, it was a nineties-ish. You know, if yeah. if you if you want to see if I if if that happened, I would have more respect for them than what I've got now because if if it is just if it's silent revolt, it's not good enough. Either publicly come out and say what's wrong. Or privately shut up and get on with your job and start performing to your ability. Yeah, I mean, well said. I mean, that's the thing, right? I mean, we 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 know they're great players, and now they just this is a different facet of their career. They don't have the speed like they don't they used to, right? Mm. It's about figuring out how to be world class still at the twilight of your career. What are you going to do, like Alba, for example? How are you going to reinvent yourself for the next two years? And still be a pivotal player for this Barca team, you know? And these are the type of things that we need to do. And and it's not happening because these players keep trying to do the same thing, right? Just like the definition of insanity. And it's just yeah. it's very frustrating. And you know, we we're trying not to be so negative. We're just trying to analyze the situation because a lot of people, you know, uh, Craig have reached out to me and said, You're being so negative. You're being so I'm just saying, look, I'm just trying to analyze the situation. We want them to win. That is ultimately we are fans of this club. We want them to win. We want to see art again. I want to see – when was the last time, Craig, where you were like, wow, oh, my gosh, wow. That's the Barca that I love, right? Preseason. 
pre there was pre-season against the second the second half of Girona, we were brilliant. Full of kids, we played well, we passed the ball. That's ten matches uh, ago. True. <laughs> you true. Know? Against, against, against the second division side. Let me just pick yeah, up, yeah. let me just pick up a few points there because I'm aware this has been a heavy, heavy episode for people. Three points if you don't mind. Number number one, for anyone out there that's going to be shouting it, you know, into their AirPods or to the car stereo or whatever, <laughs> saying we were a long lay header away that you should have scored, by the way. We we're a long lay header away from taking a point. Right. Atleti also hit the bar and Testegger made a world either save. Not good enough. It doesn't matter. Secondly, in terms of where we are, if you want state media, fine. But I don't want someone telling me that things are all right at the minute and that I should be positive because you know what? Positivity doesn't change it. Effort does. And that's goes into my final point, which is I don't even need to see art. I don't even need to see good football. Give me effort and I'll stop complaining. And, and if, I'm sorry, but that's the one area that you don't need ability. John Gruden, I can't stand the man. He's a caricature. He's an idiot. Sorry to any to, sorry to any fans out there that really like him. But in the in in not last not this season's but last year's uh, hard knocks, the one thing he said is that the one thing that we've got no excuse about is effort. It's the one thing we can lead the league in because it takes no ability. Is yeah. run run more, run hard. Now we're not showing effort. Give me effort, and I will allow and I will allow other things to go wrong. Not only are we underperforming, we're under trying. And the second one is just unforgivable. So I, I yes, I'm negative and I'll be negative until that changes. And so should every other Barca fan that cares about this club. We would give our left leg to go and play for that team. Correct. How many how many millions of people in this world, how many kids in Catalonia would go and they would pay you would remortgage your house to go and play 90 minutes? And it's not about money, but these people are getting paid ex, ex, extortionate sums of money, given the best of everything. And you can't go and run. Have some self-respect. Totally, I agree. And we'll tie we'll tie the episode with that. I mean, because that's the ultimate message, right? The effort aspect. If we see the effort, then we start, we can start, you know, hitching ourselves onto different plays, different players, and becoming a little bit more positive. So we'll end the season there, Craig. Or we'll end the season. The, the we, 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 we may as well. <laughs> see you. See you in August, everyone. we'll end the episode there so uh yeah so check out you know barca's playing this week tuesday night champions league dynamo kiev so hopefully we'll see what kumin can roll up there because that's going to be a difficult challenge especially with dynamo kiev who last time had you know 12 players missing and this is going to be the first team man this is going to be Man, this is going to be a troubling game because especially they're traveling over there. So yep. we'll see what, how that's going to go. But uh, until, I guess, next week, Craig, I mean, whew, well, what's going to happen in the Barca world this week? We don't know. I mean, every week is something new with drama on the economic side and on the field side. So until next week. Barca Talk is a production of Sounded Media with social media and promotion by Two Point Go and part of the Blog Underground Podcast Network. Until next time, Forza Barca. Sports Social Podcast Network.